This is Howard Anderson, news editor at Information Security Media Group, and today we're talking with attorney Kim Peretti, who spoke at the Fraud Summit today about post-fraud investigations. She's a former Department of Justice prosecutor who's now with the law firm of Alston and Bird. Thanks you so much for joining us today. Oh, happy to, Howard. Why don't you start by uh, defining a term you were using in your presentation, defensible response. Uh, what, what, what do you mean by that, and why is that such an important concept? It's an important concept because you can anticipate in a lot of the cyber attacks and security incidents we're seeing nowadays that the criminals will have left a large footprint in your environment and may have accessed sensitive data, personal data, customer data, confidential data, and for any number of reasons you can expect that there will be a um, there could be a regulatory inquiry, there could be a class action, or any type of litigation with respect to the security incident. So the response that you take to the incident is going to be questioned. It's going to be under scrutiny. So you need to have a defensible response. What are the components of having a defensible response, the emphasis on that term, defensible? Well, I think one of the most important things is to have um, a plan in place. Um, not only an incident response plan, but a data breach response plan, data breach notification plan that is followed and, and that, you know, directs the company sort of as a knee-jerk reaction of exactly what to do in the aftermath of a breach, who to hire, what types of vendors are necessary, that they undertake a sort of vetting process with respect to the vendors, make sure they hire the right skills that they need to have in place to, to, to conduct the investigation as well, as well as counsel, because if you can anticipate litigation, you're going to need to do some of this work or all of this work under privilege. So um, that's one of the most important components is having that data breach response plan in place, data breach checklist, breach response checklist, knowing what steps to take in the initial stages so that you can ensure the proper decisions are being made at how to approach the investigation. Other insights of what makes a cost-effective or efficient investigation of a fraud incident or a data breach beyond what you said? Well, if you have that knee-jerk reaction, the, the response you need to follow, often it's daily phone calls, it's the right level of involvement of the right senior leaders in the organization. Um, if you have a quick identification of what internal people need to be involved, it often is not just folks from the information security team, but uh, information business leaders who understand the systems and understand the data on the systems. That internal process, if that's sped along, and I've certainly seen a lot of improvement in that area of understanding, you know, being able to get a network diagram and understanding what information's on systems and how information flows in environments, that can help the external parties who are conducting the investigations know where to look, what to look for, and how to apply the investigation, their investigatory techniques to getting to the, the right answer quicker. So what are some of the pitfalls to avoid, some of the common mistakes you see organizations make in their breach response efforts? One of them is to go with uh, parties that they have a relationship with that may not have the right skill set to conduct the investigation. It might be a, a security managed security firm that you know provides them security assessments but not, doesn't necessarily have the, the forensic skills to conduct the investigation. Um, that's one... The other um, uh, key issue is to preserve the evidence and ensure a litigation hold is issued if you anticipate litigation that covers not only the communications and the documents, but the, the digital evidence. Often the forensic firm should know to preserve um, all logs related to the evidence and image as many systems as necessary. 
that will go a long way as well if law enforcement is asking for that information. Often they don't want all the information up front, they just want to know that it's preserved. So that's a, that's a very important component. And then the final thing I want to mention is sort of right-sizing the data breach investigation. So you need someone who's challenging the forensic investigators as to where they're looking, what they're looking for, to ensure that they're looking and, and, and scope it broader rather than narrower. So you don't want to find out two months later when they're ending their investigation that there was actually um, a whole platform or a business operation or some systems that may have had that may have been accessed but they really felt the criminals were more focused on payment card data or focused on PII data so they didn't explore that other environment. The regulators that may start asking questions are going to ask to explore all the environments that were potentially compromised. You want to know what your risk exposure is and it might trigger contractual obligations to notify individuals if it doesn't trigger the PII, personally identifiable information, sensitive data notification laws that we're aware of. So is doing too narrow a breach response investigation something that's a pretty common problem then? Or? Certainly do see that. because often the forensic investigators will be pointed in one direction and the company will point them in that direction as well and want to finish the investigation as quickly as possible without really ensuring that the enterprise, the risk of the enterprise, the enterprise impact is fully developed and understood. Um, that's sort of a new concept that is developing and has developed because of the response to the criminal activity we're seeing. It's not so much a smash and grab environment as much as it is that criminals are having deep and prolonged access to systems. And when they're compromising hundreds of systems and leaving their back doors and their footprints behind, if you have a narrowly scoped in investigation, you often run the risk that they could come back and that you haven't properly fully contained or remedi remediated the security incident. Any other advice or insights you care to offer in terms of what makes a good uh, breach response plan? There's a lot of improvement that I've seen happen um, over time as companies have thought more about this in advance and understand how the process is going to, to unfold, that they're able to get the right skill sets and right people involved. That speeds up the pro process. Getting the right in vendors involved quickly, asking the vendors if they have big data forensics, for instance, where they have a, an ability to um, look at a large number of systems quickly and what techniques they use to do that. So if they can inquire about that, those uh, new methods and techniques with the vendors they hired, hopefully they'll get the right vendor and a five-month investigation can turn into a five-week investigation. So big data applied to, to this arena is becoming more important? Absolutely. Um, it, you know, if you manually have to image hundreds of systems and then look at each system one by one, it's a very different investigation than if you can image those systems and have a process set up to pull out the important forensic artifacts and let big data happen and have that all put together into a picture rather than have to do everything manually. Well, thanks very much for your time, Kim. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you, Howard. We've been talking today with attorney Kim Peretti for Information Security Media Group. I'm Howard Anderson.